Look out! Just coming over the horizon, the War of Northern Aggression. Save the white women. Hit the theme music. I always do forget to say that, though. (laughs) Do you? Like, actually, yeah, usually. I think last week I didn't say hit the theme music. And it was, it was one of those... And it was the most humiliating moment of your life? It was. It was such a bad... No, like, when I was cutting it together, I was like, like, I, I was like, wait, it sounds weird just going from us saying something and then music hits. It's, no, but usually say hit the Daniel, music. you know you could just record yourself saying it again and just... That's cheating! How is that cheating? That's che- Gabriel, I'm an audio editor. We were on a break! I, I'm an audio editor. I know what is and isn't allowed in the audio field, and you know that you can't just loop in something. Yeah. I mean, there there are countless episodes. I'm sure you have the files. You could have just imported it and cut it out. What are you talking about? Welcome, dear listener readers. Hello to Logic Talk. Logic Talk, and also Slow Readers. Hey, America's... your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Mm, brought to you by books. Brought to you by reading. Brought to you by the written word. Brought to you by the wind. Brought to you by, uh, 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 uh what do you call it? Like post-war... Really Reconstruction? Reconstructionist, that's what that's I'm saying. Reconstructionist American literatures. Brought to you by the difference between a suffragist and a suffragette. Oh, good point. Only one of them has a city. <laughs> Bowie. Suffra- suffragette. And a suffragette city. Okay, that's not so. Uh, I am your usual co-host, Daniel Gonzalez. Hello, Daniel. An audio producer, editor, author, and... Wait, no, I said I fucked mm-hmm. it up. God damn, I don't know why I feel so kind of off my game. I don't know. I'm exhausted. It's like, afternoons is when we usually don't record anymore. Yeah. We do it mornings, and we do it like like later in the day, but rarely every afternoon. Yeah, it was the middle of the day. I am an audio producer and... A star. Uh, writer. There uh, you go. Audio producer, writer, editor, and an author. Correct. I say. Gabriel, who and what are you? Hello, everyone. I'm Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm an audio producer and a writer. And uh, I tend the bar. That kind of jim jam. What bar? Don't even want to give them money. Okay. Good point. Yes, and together we are slow readers. Together we are wild stallions. Together we are wild stallions. One, two, three, four. Excellent. Yeah. I I heard a really good uh, wild stallions joke online. I forgot what it was. Okay. That's the end of that. Um, Gabriel. (laughs) Gabriel. Uh, this is our. Th- I am also out of it. Yeah, this is our third episode where we've kind of reformatted the show. Yeah, where because we're just There's like weirdly a little more pressure. Now the equipment's this much better. Yeah, there is, and also it makes me more like I was fine. Uh, Gabriel, we, we've come a long way from how mm-hmm. the show was kind of of, of shaping up. Um, I think initially I was very purposefully kind of making it lo-fi. Lo-fi. Disori- disorienting because mm-hmm. um, I think you usually say it's like hey for you who want to just go we're, we're, we're a real uh, uh, book uh, we're a real podcast. literature podcast we're a literature podcast and like and nowadays when you say it and it's like we don't need to say it anymore we're actually yeah. hardly a comedy podcast anymore no we're just a literature show yeah, with, no. with a couple goofs we started out pretty pretty awesomely fucking uh, you know our show at a, in its early stages was just nonsense well if, if if you don't mind us pulling back the curtain a little bit Gabriel mm-hmm. uh, uh, let's go back in time yeah when we started out this was kind of a joke <laughs> yeah the joke being that and, and as much as we like reading, and we're both writers, mm-hmm. uh, we, we always, like, I'm always a bit embarrassed, like, talking about myself and my opinions of reading and everything. Yeah. Um, the joke being that I am a very slow re- reader, of course. Yeah, that, you are the, the titular slow reader. You know, even though it's slow readers, but mm-hmm. there's actually only one slow reader. Or it could also be our audience. Yeah. Hopefully the audience out there, because I don't get any fucking camaraderie with this 
fucking fast no, reading motherfucker. Me. I had to speed through these motherfuckers. It's it's like you're you're you should be reading thousand page, uh, 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 melodramatic historical fiction, uh, war stories. Yeah, that's what I do read. I yeah. do enjoy those. That's, that's what... Big fan of Anna Karenina. Anna Karenina, which yeah, but that's not. It's is it? That's not really much of a war story. Yeah, yeah, more like War and Peace or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, we can. Okay. I don't want to get too far into I mean, it. Anna Karenina but... is about man's war with God. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't At know. Least half of it is. Well, that's on the God. Donald, Donald, Donald Gleason's character says. Speaking of which, from that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, uh-huh. uh, I think those are on the Strand eighty list. Oh, it is, isn't it? Because this is an episode of Stranded. 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 Tariff. Strand um, 80 list. Because, Gabriel, yes, this is your idea. Yep. And, it's, and we're a real literature podcast. Li- we don't need to say this. We're talking about books. We're talking about books yeah. already. We don't even need to tell you to go skip ahead to show notes because um, we're going to get we're right down to it. motherfucking talk about the goddamn thing right now. We're going to do it. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. First off, this is an episode of Stranded. Yeah. Where we are going through as many as we feel like. Uh, this... Every single book on the Strand 80. Which the is actually 81. Is, it's yeah. 81. But yeah. we already did that one. Well, we did it. We actually did a, a, a few of them quite quite. Fun. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, the Strand is one of the best bookstores in the world. It's located in New York City in the East Village. Um, the Village-ish, not very East Village. But they have a list of 80 books of reader favorites. And um, the the list is uh, has, some, has some noticeable gaps. Maybe a couple of redundancies. Maybe some gaps, maybe some redundancies, maybe some series that are very oddly placed. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, Chronos, Chronicles of Narnia, Lord of the Rings are listed as a single One entry. book, yeah. Um, and yet, what, five of the seven Harry Potter books are on? on yeah, I Just, like, so. variously throughout that, mm-hmm. which is bullshit. Which is really annoying. They should fix that. It's, it is bullshit. That upsets <laughs> me every time I think about <laughs> it's, it. It's, it's, I, can we... All right. So, okay, so... We can. We're getting a little too far ahead. Um, Or I was going to get too far ahead. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, as we've talked about in, in all of our previous recent Stranded episodes, and probably uh-huh. some of our non-Stranded episodes, yeah. uh, I'm growing very tired of the Stranded, yeah. the Strand, Strand 80. You are very regularly complaining about the Strand 80 to me. To be fair, uh, I think the big reason for this is that- and This is our, the third tome in a row? This is like the third or fourth, mm-hmm. and to various degrees, and a lot of them are also very good. Like we had East of Eden, we had- uh, Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Uh, Tree Grows in Brooklyn, uh, Owen Meany. Yeah. Um, very, very long books, super literary. Yeah, and these are books I would not have read otherwise. I mean, yeah. I, especially East of Eden, which I love. Especially A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Yeah, definitely. I never even, like that, yeah. never occurred to me to read that, and I loved it. Yeah, and which is great. That's cool. However, whenever we roll, I'm like, can it just be a short book? No, nope. like not a not a short book, a regular size book, instead of like like an epic fucking instead of like break. Jonathan Franzen's Freedom twice. Yeah. And I, and like I swear to God, if, when we roll again at the end of this episode, if it's like an Anne Ryan, like the, like mm-hmm. one of her longer, there's like three of them. Two of them are incredibly long. One of them's Anthony, which is like a novel. novel. You know, I think maybe also before we roll, let's mm. let's rediscuss some of the rules of um of the Strand eighty. How about, for example, we are allowed three re-rolls, <laughs> and we're allowed five max books we're going to pass. We, we're gonna, we can veto. Yes. Uh, I would... All five Ayn Rand books. <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind reading, like, Anthem, which is very short. I want to read one of them, yeah. just out of curiosity. It's something where it's like, you know, I was, I was thinking about the same thing, too, where it's like, if we had an Ayn Rand book, it's like, let's do that one, and then, like, that's it. 
Yeah. Well, maybe let's we'll, we'll try them, yeah. and then we can we only veto the thing once we've started the episode and given up on it. I, I feel like it's gonna kind of speak to our uh, biases, biases, biases. Where it's like it's like I also I, I we can discuss it now, and we both have to agree to veto it. Yes. We can't decide. One of us can't decide. They don't want to do it. Yeah. It's like I don't want to read. Yes. But um, Gabriel, because uh, like for example, like the Harry Potter. Th- Thing. We're already doing a Harry Potter subseries. We, we so kind of already are. For us. So, like, yeah, it, it can be whatever. However, it's going to be. Wait, kind wait, of... sorry. You called it Harry Potter, which is very unlike you. What's that? Oh my God, you're right. No, yeah. Wizard School, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was made only better by the fact that Daniel said that half into his wine glass. And like, what? That was a bit. I, I shook it off. Just be like, what? I'm drinking wine. Fuck yeah, off. I'm, I don't no, care. Let the bit die. It's over. Um, no, no. Wizard School, parts one through seven. But no, it's like this thing where it's like, we're either going to read it out of order, which honestly, I don't give a shit. I don't fucking care. Yeah. I just realized that. Yeah, that doesn't really work. Uh, Anytime we land on a Harry Potter, we read the next one. Yeah. And we already skipped um, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, we don't have to read it. It's also, I think that one is in the Strand 80. So if it lands on that one, we got to read it. Well, according to that dildo on the, uh, not the flap house. uh, J.K. Rowling? Overdue. Oh. um, He considers the first. I thought it was called Unabridged last week. Yeah, yeah. And it just clicked in me right now. Uh, but I, I believe he said the first three Harry Potter books are like the best things he's ever read in his life. Which, this is so fucking stupid. Which, uh, that's, that's nonsense. That's insane. Which like, okay, I don't want to get too far into Harry Potter talk on this, on this grand episode. We're going to read one of the, uh, most, Im- most, uh, successful, most, uh, well significant, read. most influenced, most well-read, uh, controversial um, American novels that have ever Pulitzer been Pulitzer Prize winner. Is it a Pulitzer Prize winner? It's on the cover of the book in huge letters i don't have the book i got the ebook oh that's right um yeah no it's it's, it's all the national book award too it's it's won all of them gabriel yeah and uh and all yeah no it's it's very important gabriel i think it's time to talk finally say the name of the book we did about gone with the wind gone with the wind by margaret mitchell frankly my dear i don't give a damn is that Wait, the remix? So, <laughs> frankly, my dear, let's get married. And then we'll marital rate. Uh, what? Which, what? No, that happens in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is that? I don't think it happens in the book. I'm not sure. However, there are a lot of things that happen in this book that are passed off as totally fine. Yeah. Um. We didn't get to it probably because uh, not to get too far ahead, but we might not have finished it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a part one. But this is. But there is, in fact, a uh, uh, a, a very similar to um. Uh, fucking what's it called? Uh, the the uh, the 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 movie, uh, Griffith. What? Oh, Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. There is a heroic charge, uh, uh for justice by the Ku Klux Klan. Correct. Which is not in the movie. Mm, I don't. I've never seen the movie. I, I've never seen the movie either. I've just been doing research instead of reading it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I was kind of like reading like about it because I do find like a lot of things about this. But anyway, not to get too far ahead, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're reading. Gone uh, of the Wind. Reading Gone of the Wind by Margaret Mitchell. Margaret Peggy Mitchell. Uh, I believe he did some research. I did do some research. Yeah, let's let's research before I start talking about the Yeah, unfortunately, Daniel, Margaret Mitchell is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. So so let's see here. Let's let's cover the big bullet points. She was born in nineteen hundred in Atlanta and she died at age forty eight in also Atlanta. She was hit by a drunk driver on the way to the movies, I think. Fucked her up. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> day. <laughs> <laughs> Very unhelpful addition to that. Sorry. <laughs> and she published a book, Gone with the Wind, in 1936, and it won the Pulitzer in 1937, which is mm. kind of fucking wild. Yeah. But, Daniel, can you guess, um, like, what would you say would be 
actually, you know, I think the answer to this question is you're not even going to know to it. Okay. That she um was a big fan of a certain author named Thomas Dixon Jr. Are you familiar? Thomas Dixon Jr. Yes. No. Well, he uh, wrote a famous trilogy of novels. They are named The Leopard Spots, a romance of the white man's burden. The Klansman, a historical romance of the Ku Klux Klan. Ooh. And finally, The Traitor. A story of the rise and fall of the Invisible Empire. Let's read those. Let's read those instead. Let's just, go, <laughs> let's just bear down. You know what? I bet they're shorter, Margaret. Probably. <laughs> and uh, Margaret Mitchell was a young lady. Um, uh, she um in Atlanta, Georgia. Wait, wait. But Gabriel, you haven't you haven't explained why maybe Thomas Dixon isn't as popular anymore. I can't. Th- I honestly, it's probably can't just imagine. publishing rights. Yeah, yeah. That has to be. I it. mean, some. I mean, look, kids these days don't read as much anymore. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, all they're busy playing video games. The video games like Strafe, which is what I've been playing. Yeah, those, those games that I don't like, like Wolfenstein, that definitely aren't fair to all parties. <laughs> you know. Uh. So, um, some fun <laughs> random things about her. Uh, in a traumatic incident when she was three years old, her dress caught on fire, and she was fine with that. But then her mom was like, "Nope." You're gonna wear you're gonna wear pants from now on, and everyone called her Jimmy for 14 years. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Margaret Mitchell exclaimed that she was a boy named Jimmy until she was 14. Um, her mom was a suffragist, which was the prior to the suffragettes. So, um, you know, it's all about peaceful means to get voting. Her dad was a lawyer, and so clearly her parents are like these strong, intelligent, forceful people. And at a young age, Margaret discovered her joy of writing, oh. particularly because she loved reading The Leopard Spots, a romance of the white man's burden, over and over again. Mm. Um, besides that, she went to Smith College in Massachusetts, so clearly there wasn't any, like, knowing racism other than referring to um african-american men as black beasts um okay yep i took a big gulp of wine there (laughs) (laughs) um gosh what more to say about her she wrote the book she started writing the book in 1926 after another car accident boy she really had no luck of cars either you know either cars really had it coming for or she's just really bad at crossing could be (laughs) (laughs) entirely possible um her second husband helped her edit it he was a copy editor Hmm. and was also the best man at her first wedding because her first husband was a violent drunk bootlegger and also supposedly the love of her life was an effeminate man from harvard who died in world war one Hmm. So, um, besides that, she was also a journalist for the Atlanta Journal. So, Margaret Richel was a very well-read, Mitchell. very... What did I say? He's like Richel. Margaret Richel. Margaret Richel? Yeah, Margaret Richel. Okay, sorry. Um, she was a very highly educated. She dropped out of college, though, to support her family. Hey, the best of us do. Yeah, totally. Hey, we both did it, briefly. <laughs> but yeah, she was always a writer, and this is the only book she officially published. Some yeah. of her later papers and stories are published later on. No, I was going to say, like, yeah, the, you almost didn't mention that. I was thinking, like, yeah, no, it's uh, this is the only book... Uh, uh, she published, even though hey, when you when you get it right in one, you ain't got to do more. I think that's fucking crazy. When you like, get it right in one, I mean Harper Lee is the same. It, it's so strange that uh, I know Harper Lee had, you know, it, it's hard to put ourselves in that situation where you write one book and it is insanely popular and mm-hmm. co- commercially and and cr- critically beloved, and then like she felt too much pressure to kind of write another one. Um, I, I can kind of see that difficult, but I don't yeah. think that was the case of this one though, was it? 
I don't know. I mean, you tell. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I did not find that in my in my research, but I did not thoroughly research it that thoroughly. I, I, I'm curious. Maybe she was a little too uh, preoccupied in other things, such as keeping the 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 true southern royal kind of like, like yeah. The, the also, image she alive. died at like age like 42 or something. Yeah, so, so she, she was, was she young. was pretty young. She uh, got killed in a car accident. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. Let, uh, I did read one really interesting uh, uh, thing, and I don't. This might even been in the intro. We'll get to it in a moment. Oh, that intro. Um, We'll, we'll get to them up, but like I remember hearing something about how basically uh, Mitchell grew up hearing stories of like the of the of the, of the Civil War, yeah, like the old South. She had a grandmother who was like like the fiery Irish matriarch of the family, yeah, and she and she was just like surrounded in the people who like romanticized like you know the the old ways, the old world, yeah. how it was, and how the well, mad they are at the, at, the at the north and everything, yeah, northern aggression and whatnot. She, she, she said apparently that, uh, didn't know yeah. that the that they had lost the war until she was ten years old. Yeah, because no one, everyone. Was to talk about like all these other things and then eventually like she was like oh i didn't realize we lost yeah okay, and cool. she she was jimmy longer than she thought that the like the confederates the, the south had won which is interesting mm-hmm. uh yeah that's all she she wore pants that's yeah, it. like the family clearly they were a weird combination of progressives and also died in the wool very proud georgians who like believed in the righteousness of the southern cause they were lost causers yeah and uh and i tell you what um that is that is one of the that is one of the interesting things about reading something like gone with the wind mm-hmm. where like this is this is written from someone in that perspective and it's something that for for example me and you gabriel we don't quite understand where it's like yeah, oh we're, we're, we're dirty northerners you, you always assume it's like like oh these lost causes are a bunch of like dumb knuckle draggers yeah and in here you have like these like grandiose people who are like progressive and intellectual intellectual mm-hmm. quotes and everything like that but like they still kind of like believe in these things you're just like be you seriously like you're cool with that you yeah, know we'll, we'll I, mean, tie, like, yeah. I like to tie the bow on with the one that you told me that from the whole john green story that every now and again because i like to think these things through I like to measure everyone's point like point of view on their sides mm-hmm. that you know maybe maybe the, the southerners had a point in that sense of like oh why were they so upset was it were they really invaded etc and then there's that that John Green <laughs> that thing. Cutting do, you want, green do, you want, do you want to? Do you want to tell it? Yeah, the story being that uh, John Green uh, was, uh, as a boy, was listening to his uh, American Studies uh, teacher talking about like the Civil War, basically like hammering home the point, like this old Jewish guy basically saying it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was all about slaves. It was entirely about slavery. The entire cause of the war about slavery, even though all like the previous classes were always like it was slavery, but it was a lot of different things. So John Green raised his hand and said, "Excuse me, sir, but what about states' rights?" And the teacher said, states' rights to do what? Boom. So, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's... Yeah, it's like, like you, you can really, you can under, you can be compassionate to a people's way of life. You can understand that they lost everything in a war. You can understand that they just wanted to do their own thing. And you can understand that they feel the government hasn't had the right to tell you to do what you want. Yeah. However, However, if that is built on a foundation that you think it is not only fine, but it is also right and moral to own another human being who is of another race, you weren't owning other white people back then then your whole premise is fundamentally flawed and we have a very serious problem about your morality yeah and and honestly that is you see that in this where there is no problem about it's kind of like that that cutesy kind of version that we kind of have about the way things were where it's like you know what some slaves didn't have it that bad (laughs) you know yeah it's like that kind of thing where it's like we were good like in the beginning the uh the dad buys um 
pork a pork who was a the husband of one of like the slaves that he owned yeah and it's kind of one of those things where it's like oh no that's a different character i'm sorry oh, oh, yeah whatever it was i, I forgot i'm playing out the names yeah i, I forgot but like name. he bought he bought one who was like uh like the husband or wife of like a slave in his own property mm-hmm. and it's kind of one of those things where it's like it's like it's showing how much of like a nice person he is it's like i bought this other slave because he this person was married to the slave that i owned see yeah. how kind i am yeah it's, you know it's, it's, it's like loving your dog it's like, oh wow, I love my, like my. This is my dog, and I love him. Yeah, part of the family. Yeah, but he's still your property. Yeah. Therefore, I don't give a shit you're, how you're... nice you are. If you want to be really nice, you free him and you pay him. Yeah, it's 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 like yeah, he's very he's very very nice to people in a very condescending in inhu- like dehumanizing way. And you know? in and in the text, not only is that mm-hmm. like fine, it's just who he is. It's it's indication that he's a good man. Yeah. Or he's he's progressive. <laughs> exactly. That he's he's a very progressive slave owner. That, okay, so before we go okay. any further. The introduction. Yeah, Daniel, do you, um, no, before we even do that, okay. do you want to tell the listeners what Gone with the Wind is and what it's about? Okay, first of all, you shouldn't be asking me. You should be asking you. <laughs> well, I was figured you just asked. Yeah, no, it it's, well, I tell you what, Gabriel, um, let me throw it back, back to you because I am not good at uh, kind of summarizing things. Uh-huh. And I kind of was reading, spent a lot of my time reading about this book. Yeah. So, Gabriel. Um, what is, and I'll fill in some things. I don't know how much you know or don't know, but, uh, mm-hmm. I, what is the novel Gone with the Wind about? Um, the Gone with the Wind is a novel about a young woman named Scarlett O'Hara. It is a grand melodrama mm-hmm. about poverty and the reconstruction, about how Scarlett's um, loves and her lives and her woes are all intertangled, interconnected with um, reconstruction and the fall of the South. So it's all about how she wants to get her house back in order. You know, it's, it's, a lot of it pertains to, you know, the com- the comparison of uh, landed gentry Southerners to, like, Austin characters. Mm-hmm. That these are people of, of m- money who are dignified and have their conflicts of love and liberty. Yeah, this takes place in the fictionalized town of Terra. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terra, Georgia? Terra is not the town. Terra is the estate. The, pl- the, the, the estate, I'm sorry. Um, takes place in Georgia, though, right? Yes. Okay, it takes place in Georgia. And, like, there's two really big families. There's the O'Hara's, which mm-hmm. is the main character's thing. And then there's the... The Wilkes. The Wilkes, which is uh, belonging to Ashley Wilkes. Mm-hmm. Well, Ashley, in, at the start of the book, Ashley is, like, the o- eldest son. Yeah, okay. Who Scarlett's in love with. Yeah, and, um... Interesting enough, like it does go through like the several stages of like of the South one. Uh, there's mm-hmm. pre-war, there's civil war, and then there's post-war. Yeah, the Reconstruction. Um, and yeah, it's entirely told from the, uh, the point of view, more or less, of Scarlett O'Hara. Scarlett O'Hara basically telling the story about this, like this, like extreme, like Southern royalty kind of family and how it crumbles and falls yeah. apart, and yet persists. Yeah, she's a headstrong woman. She's not beautiful, but she's incredibly charming. She is gutsy. She is cool, and people love her. And but you know she's she she reads like a Southern Austin character if you're really really into slaves. She's <laughs> if you're super into owning super into slaves. If you're super into owning other people. Mm-hmm. G- uh, Gabriel, um, well uh, the beautiful yeah. thing is kind of strange because the first chapter describes like begins by saying she was not beautiful. Um, first wa- line. Oh uh, yeah, that's the first line. Uh, even though a lot of when you read a lot of descriptions about this story, they constantly refer to her as being like the beautiful Southern belle, headstrong woman. That's kind of, I think maybe she like grows up and that's she's bled in from the, from the movie. I mean, like, like Vivian Lee, like, like, yeah. just, but like, Dana, what do you know about the movie? Uh, I know that is, it is okay. There's the gone within movie. Uh, everyone knows it is technically, if you inflate for, uh, if you just for inflation is the, 
like uh, the most uh, lucrative and best-selling uh, movie in the world mm-hmm. ever to have existed. Um, I know it's very long. It is it is very melodramatic. I know it went through a bunch of different directors. Uh, it uh, it features uh, uh, a role who was the, uh, uh, the won the Academy Award for the Heidi was the first uh, uh, African American actor to have won. Yep. Which... She was not allowed to attend the ceremony. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and also the role itself was kind of problematic. It might not be. This whole book is problematic. Yes. but that's kind of like you know. It, it's like this interesting thing where it's. Uh, well, I think you've said this one. And I've re- I've read it since then. Where um, people gave uh, Hattie McDaniel's shit for kind of playing this, this like. Gr- gross kind of depiction of african it's like it's such like like sure. this old kind of dumb white kind of perspective of yeah yeah and it's 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 a blackface performance kind of played by a, black a, min- a minstrel yeah. show kind yeah of performance. It, and people have given her shit for that and she's it's a good a, performance and she's always said that it's like well i'd rather get paid so and so such and such money to play a black servant than get paid like hardly anything by actually being one and it's something where it's like okay yeah. you know what? she was a worker she had... and she was a very good worker mm-hmm so like, and also in, and it's cool that that she won the Academy Award. If it wasn't, the, you know, the most truthful depiction of it was people. a different time. Yeah. Um. So anyway, you could say a lot. You could explain a lot about this book and its whole legacy by saying it was a different time. Yeah, but and that's it also the interesting thing. Anything about it, but and that's kind of the interesting thing about it, though, because this is this isn't just historical. This is also kind of about a perspective that we don't share. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, but but actually, before going to that, Gabriel, what do you know? I'm sorry about the. Have you seen the movie Gone with the Wind? No, one of my old roommates, um, a good fellow named Jim. He was actually a really big fan of it. That I happened to catch like the end of it and the beginning of it. But I never just got around to seeing it. I had that bias, like you know, when you're when you're a teenage boy, even if you're a cinephile, you don't want to watch Dirty Dancing because it's for girls. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm a grown man who knows he loves melodrama, unabashedly loves melodrama, I do want to watch it finally. I just don't have three hours lying around. Three and a half. Three and a half. I think it's close to four. My God. It's. I think it's. I mean, Ben Hur is that long. It's like it's technically longer. Ben Hur. Oh, I tell you what. I, I've also seen part bits of Ben Hur. I don't care for Ben Hur. I mean, yeah, it has that one very exciting chariots, chariot race, chariot race yeah. and whatnot. Everything else. I remember when my mother was watching it and I walked in, I'm like, God, this movie looks like shit. <laughs> and it's like a bunch of like white people dressed up in like, you know, like Jerusalem kind of things. It's like and like it's so corny where like a uh, uh, Charlton Heston plays a slave and he comes in dirtied up and he comes. But he still talks like this. He's still Charlton Heston and, and, playing and, a Jew. <laughs> Am I re- <laughs> what? And my reaction to that was just like, God, this is bad. <laughs> it was a different time. It's a different time, sure, but I also I'm not. It's still monumental achievement in filmmaking. I'm not. But in... so was Birth of a Nation. So was Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation was fucking boring. We yeah, tried no, to watch we tried it. watching out of curiosity. It was so boring. Uh, we also just watched Black Klansmen. Yeah, and there's that's that, a great movie. There's a scene where like all like the clans people are like are like getting super excited. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, yeah, like like they're like watching like Battle of the Valkyrie scene in Apocalypse Now, we're, like cheering when the Klux Klan yeah. shows up. But it's like they're really sitting there for it, three hours. Yeah, or did, or did, like, did someone like make like a boner jams cut of it? Like, they, I hope, I, I, hope, hopefully for their sake, which is a funny way to say it. Yeah. Hopefully for their sake, it's like they cut out all like the scenes where it's just people like sitting around, yeah. mouthing things, and yeah, now and then like you a see a mannered line. comedy, and then it's like, a, oh, I really enjoy Black Klansman. It, Black Klansman is a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. So Daniel, we've yes. done a lot of preamble. <laughs> um, 
No, so, this is the discussion. <laughs> this is all, honestly, this is the discussion about Gone with the Wind. I think people people don't talk about this anymore. Yeah. And I think you were completely correct in when we landed on this in the die roll. You're like, what? Why is this on the? Who even gives a shit anymore? Why, like, who are these people still reading this book? Well, Gabriel, uh, I, I'll tell you because you said that you've enjoyed the like the melodrama, the high melodrama, which this might even be like a foundation of like all like 20th century melodrama i bet i bet him uh, i bet douglas Sirk loves this book something like, in the movie and the movie yeah, the clearly the movie is like what it, you super... see those clips it's like lush beautiful yes. and like so you have that aspect you know i love gabriel what's that southern literature oh yeah you are you are a southern gothic kind of guy yeah i i love well don't get me wrong there southern gothic which this isn't entirely but then again mm. i actually do but one of my favorite novels and i haven't read in a long ass time because it is very difficult to read. Sure. But uh, is... Is it written by Tom Stixon Jr.? Uh, close. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, William Faulkner's The Sound and the Fury. Oh, sure. Which is, in fact, a story almost about the themes of this. Okay. Where it is the story about the, the fall of Southern royalty. What year was Sound and the Fury written, Sound... Daniel? Oh, Sound and the Fury, uh, uh, I think it was 1929. That's kind of wild. Like, these books are basically contemporaries of each other. And they, they are so fucking different. They're so different. And here's the thing. Sound of the Fury... I have not read Sound of the Fury. Is, and it's on the list. I can't fucking wait for us to... Hit. Now, like, reading this kind of made me just get like... God damn it. More wait, wait, wait. So finish okay. your thought, then okay. I have the question for you. How okay. far did you get? Finish your thought. Okay, but, like, it takes... It, like, it, it is about Southern royalty, but it's the kind of... But it's something that we can understand, that we can agree with, and we find enlightening. Okay. That, like, I go into reading Gone with the Wind knowing what I know about the fall of white Southern royalties and whatnot mm-hmm. it, from Sound of the Fury, which is incredibly damning. And, like, it is – that is a story about uh, siblings who are supposed to inherit the future of the South – and all the men fuck it up and blame it on the woman. That sounds awesome. And the only person who actually stays strong without the entire thing is the black house servant. Okay. Uh, Dilsey. And like she who never who never truly gets a voice and never gets appreciated. Mm-hmm. But she, throughout the whole thing, she is like the solid rock foundation for the entire family. So she's kind of like Lee. K- yeah, kind of. Uh, she, I don't. I don't even remember if she's even like in it all that much. But she's like a background character. But she's the only person ho- keeping the family together because okay. they have all fucked it up too much. And yeah, but that sounds great. It is. Um, but yeah, so like that's what I understand about this. Sure. And then there's something like this where I'm just like, <laughs> well, first, <laughs> okay. how far did you get? Not far. Um, mm-hmm. I am probably actually. I just looked at how far you are. Uh, I'm probably as far as I'm only like three four chapters in yeah i'm i'm not very far in this at all it's a very big book 70 80 pages These pages are huge into like a thousand yeah and however gabriel well so tell me i'll throw this back at you why did you only get that far well no i mean i i am I, I work a lot but besides that um i i am actually enjoying the book with a lot of caveats about it mm-hmm. that um so we already broke down like the complicated racial history of this, that no one is saying Margaret Mitchell was in the clan, but she sure loved a lot of books about them. And there's a scene where the clan is heroes in this. Yep. But hold on, let me uh pick up that <laughs> and I hit my head on the arm. Okay, so okay. I love melodrama, you know this. Mm-hmm. I love like I love deep like the sadness of falling in love and how you're being torn apart from your loved ones, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But and when the when the book is being that, I'm really really into it. And then any time a black character is in the book, it's awful. You're like, oh, 
Yeah. And you don't know how much of this is a true depiction. It's, it's it can't be. It's. It, I mean, like it can't be. But yeah, <laughs> you, you you give it a benefit of the doubt, maybe. And then you hope, oh, maybe maybe it's only in the speech. Maybe she doesn't, because there's at one point the N word is in this house N word, and they leave that in in quotations. So as far as I've gotten in the book, there has not been a use of the N word that was not quoted. Uh huh. So there is a small favor for you, but. I found this charming passage because up to that point I'd been like, you know, maybe, maybe it's maybe Margaret Rich- Mitchell is trying to depict Mitchell. <laughs> Can you say like ritual or something? Margaret like Mitchell's ritual, ritual, <laughs> um, was maybe she was just trying to depict something true and she didn't feel this way. Mm-hmm. Page sixty-eight. Okay. Here, let me read a kind of. Here's a little bit of lead into it. Mm-hmm. Gerald O'Hara. That's um. Uh, this is it's going into his background of uh, how the, Gerald, Gerald the father yeah, is Scarlet's yeah. father. Okay. He is a rough and tumble Irishman. A lot, of, a lot of bad talking Irish people too. Mm. But they weren't considered white. No, they were mm-hmm. not. Um. So he is looking to find a wife because, as it is, he has this beautiful estate. Tara has built it up, and he's just looking around. Pork. The only trained house negro on the place had general supervision over the other servants, but even he had grown slack and careless after several years of exposure to Gerald's happy-go-lucky mode of living. Um, as a valet, he kept Gerald's bedroom in order, etc., but otherwise he pretty well let matters follow their own course. With unerring African instinct, the negroes had all discovered that Gerald had a loud bark and no bite at all, and they took shameless advantage of him. The air was always thick of threat of selling slaves and south of direful whippings, but there had never been a slave sold from Tara, and only one whipping, and that administered for not grooming down Gerald's pet horse after a long day's hunting. What a progressive man. (laughs) (sighs) Fucking. And, like, it it makes it extremely problematic to enjoy this book for me. Because, you, you know, like... These aren't in Tolstoy. <laughs> he doesn't talk about inferiority of other races much, I assume. But reading this, it really gets in my way of the enjoyment and my appreciation of these characters because they are slave owners. And even though they're good slave owners, in they're, a, they're a, good slave owners. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. good slave owners. <laughs> so I think that should bring us very neatly into the introduction, the yes. preface. Gabriel, uh, who wrote it? Uh, Pat Conroy. Pat Conroy. An author I'm not very familiar I'm with. I'm not familiar with him either. You heard the name now yeah. and then, but... But yeah, yeah, you... Because you, you had... You got your copy first, and you were reading this, and you said, this introduction is giving me a problem. <laughs> yeah, the introduction... as a preface on introduction. Yes. Oh, the preface. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, the preface... And you can probably speak to this a little better, because I didn't read the whole thing. I got really sick of it. I'm like, this yeah. is not the way to it's begin this awful. book. It's awful. It, like... Okay, so kind of preparing ourselves to get into something like Gone with the Wind, yeah, knowing kind of what it's about and yeah. its themes. Like, you're just thinking, like, all right, you know what? Let's just kind of take this in a very straight-faced, serious way. Let's look at this as, like, another person's perspective. And it just begins with Pat Conroy talking about, like, like it's super, like, war of northern aggression about, like, how, like, hey, listen, the South, the South did not deserve what was coming here's, to it. Here's, here's a line okay. from the preface, first page. Few white Southerners, even today, can read this book without conjuring up a, com- a complex, torture dreamscape of the South handed down by generations of relatives who grew up with the taste of defeat, like the blueing of gunmetal still in their mouths. What Margaret Mitchell caught so perfectly was the sense of irredeemable loss and of a backwater Camelot, corrupted by the mannerless intrusions of insensate invaders. 
Are you fucking shitting me? Like, I, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, man. It's like, there, there is like a... War of northern aggression. Suck my dick. There, There's like a smart way to kind of tell this kind of story, and I yeah. don't think this is a smart way to tell this kind of story. I feel like, I mean... Also, that is not the way to get into. That no. Is, that is not, yeah. You know, this, you, you, you enter this book already knowing it's problematic, knowing mm. it's a great novel, but what I don't need... That's, that's my big question. I did not want a preface or an introduction by someone who is defending the the problematic aspects of the book because that's what yeah. this introduction does preface does very very seriously where it's like he writes a love letter to the very accurate depiction of the the, the horrible beasts and the insensitive yankees it yeah. it, it, it it made me nauseous it's nauseated like he wasn't he, he was the fact that and this is what this is what i find it interesting where it's not i don't Nothing about this screams accurate in any way possible, right? Mm-hmm. It is romantic. It's very romantic. It is, rom- it, but and I, you can kind of love it for that kind of thing. It is a and romantic depiction of like of Southern royalty about like like pre-war, like at war, and then post-war kind of like things about these people were going yeah, through. That's what I enjoy about it. And honestly, you can get swept away in that and kind of appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, with some caveats, if you can stomach, if you can stomach some of the stuff that it's basically perpetuating, it's very difficult to do so. And it- I, 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 and that's that's the real problem for me is I'm enjoying this book. Mm-hmm. It's very, very well written, and it's it's very descriptive. It's beautiful. You like the romance and everything. It's like like the character motivations are there, the scenes, the descriptions. But I, I can't get behind the active, really problematic racism of it. It's active. It is. It is. It is. Act. It is active even when it's being kind of idle. Yeah. Yeah. It's act. It's unknowing. Can you be unknowingly actively racist? Yeah. Yeah. Then totally. I mean, look at this. Yeah. this. It, it, it's. It's so troubling to read this book today. It is. It is giving yeah, yourself. We're, yeah. we're. We're not white. It just makes it really weird. It. It is. And second, I was going to say like this is someone who who believes that they're being kind because of how they depict. The house servant, mm-hmm. the house slave. Yeah. And like, and it is not like, <laughs> it is not a kind portrayal of anything. It sounds super minstrelly. Yeah. It sounds super mawkish. And like, it is, and it's like, it's like, this is not, this is not the kind of character that at all, this is not a good character. This is not Lee, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like you had someone who came in speaking in like this grotesque kind of language yeah. and the person's just like, oh, that's that's how white people want. Exactly. There, and, there's an element yeah. of satire and true understanding of the human condition in Lee. This is not this is all. She is not Steinbeck. This one, this one kind of and even tomorrow, even East Evening was kind of melodrama. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this one feels entirely romantic it is this is what this book is it, it's, it's like from, a fable you yeah know? it's from someone who loves like higher romances and who enjoys romantic heroic depictions of the clan yeah that's a she g- wrote a letter to him saying your work has changed my life oh yeah 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 good for her good she's for a, you she's Peg. a millionaire and she got fucked up by a car yeah gabriel i, I hate to i hate to to, to put a uh 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 the brakes on we've been going a little long <gasps> how long pretty long actually 39 minutes yeah 39 minutes we need to we need to go to break plus room tone so we need to come back mm-hmm. we need to we're gonna play a game okay and then we're gonna go to final thoughts okay i'm super excited about this game all right great all right, gabriel go to break let's do it Welcome back, howdy, dear listener readers. Welcome, carpetbaggers, to slow readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Radio, radio, radio. I'm so Gabriel. Hi, Daniel. Hi. Hey, 
Remember last week when I introduced myself as Gabriel? Gabriel? Yeah, that was very funny. That was very fucking. Weird. You did not know what you did. No, I didn't. Yeah, and then, I, and then I'm like, okay, I'll I'll bite this bit, and then you're like, what's this bit he's doing? It wasn't a bit. It was, wasn't a bit. I was just fucking. Weird. You were just fucking. There's no air out of your mind, Gabriel. Time for us to stop talking about books for just one second Uh-oh. and play a literary game. Funzo! Gabriel, mm-hmm. let me tell you what I was going to do originally. Okay. So I was going to basically uh, pull a bunch of quotes from our usual authors we like to make fun of. Sure. Patterson, Cussler, and Woods. Okay. And then I got a, a change of mind. Oh, my. My mind changed. Okay. And I decided to take into something else because, Gabriel, I kind of gave this a hint okay. when we were talking about Gone with the Wind. Oh, my. That I, I love southern literature sure so gabriel mm-hmm. how well do you know your southern literature because gabriel i don't really have a name for this okay but how well do you know your southern writers okay gabriel how deep is your south how deep is your south there you go uh gabriel mm-hmm. i'm gonna read quotes that from the authors okay and you're gonna tell me whether they are Cormac mccarthy okay George Carroll Oates. Okay. Or William Faulkner. Alrighty. Alright. So. Uh-huh. First question. Okay. Time. Oh, I need to hold this closer. Time. Want me to get my, my farting app ready? Uh, yeah, sure. Good point. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I should have gotten that. Damn it. Yeah, it's alright. I got it here. I'll, I'll tell you to fart yourself right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Alright. All right. <laughs> uh, yes or no, go fart or ding. Okay. Gabriel? Mm-hmm. Right, first question. Yes. Time is a fluid condition which has no existence except in the momentary avatars of individual people. There is no such thing as was, only is. Was that Cormac McCarthy, Joris Keller Oates, or William fucking Faulkner? Hmm. How about time and whatnot? That doesn't sound like McCarthy to me. And I don't know if that's Jayco. The one I have the least familiarity with somehow is Faulkner. So I'm going to say Faulkner. All right. Gabriel? Yes. Ding it! Your phone fell asleep, didn't it? Hey! Yeah! Uh, Gabriel, that was, William, that was William Faulkner. Actually, you said it best. Like, the fact that it was about time, it's like, yeah, huge fucking Yeah, those aren't themes in other two, yeah, yeah. as far as I recall. <clears throat> Good job, Gabriel. Thanks, dog. So, one out of seven. Okay. Okay. Second question. Okay, Daniel. Or second quote. I like what I do. Some writers have said in print that they hated writing, and it was just a chore and a burden. I certainly don't feel that way about it. Sometimes it's just... Sometimes it's difficult. You know, you always have this image of the perfect thing which you can never achieve, but which you never stop trying to achieve. But I think that's your signpost and your guide. You'll never get there, but without it, you won't get anywhere. My guess... Was that Cormac McCarthy? Okay. Joyce Carroll's... A big, big, big fuck. <laughs> a big fuckner? Big fuck. It's <laughs> like a pen. Gabriel was Okay. Um, I know for a fact that old Cormie McCartney is not prolific, so I don't think writing is something he likes doing. And Billy Fuckner, I don't really understand. I don't think I don't think he published that much. But I do know that Joyce Carol Oates is a crazy fucking workhorse who writes more books than most people ever publish in their lives. And it's most published authors published in their lives. I'm going to say that that's old Joyce Carol Oates. Gabriel? Yes. Give yourself a fart. Oh, no! <laughs> Hold on. The app put yeah, a commercial. No. I should have. I should have. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? 
Gabriel, that was Cormac McCarthy. Really? Yes. I know. I, heard, I think you've told me that he writes all the time. But yeah. I actually. I, but how how often does he like publish anything? Well, uh, it used to be like there were there were like three to five year gaps in between mm-hmm. his books. Um, like the. But like then again, but he's always writing. It just takes him a long time to do it. I, I mean, see. it took him what like seven years to write. Uh, uh, blood meridian seven years to write all the pretty horses right. like he's always working but he also like clearly also doesn't publish some things like no country for all men he wrote anyway yeah sorry i mean mel robbins took her three years to write the five second rule which is insane because that book is half hashtags <laughs> hey man she's not a good writer hey she she hey i use that five second rule all the time okay it genuinely helps me and i'm interested in that gabriel yes Daniel. third question okay <laughs> i didn't mean to do that <laughs> I was trying to keep it from falling asleep. <laughs> Instead, right. I hit a drum, drum hit there. Third quote. Yes. Night comes to the desert all at once, as if someone turned off the light. Hmm. Is that Cormac McCarthy? Doris Cal Oates? Or Big Fuck? Let's <laughs> <laughs> no, like Big Fuck from now on. <laughs> uh, he's like, like, you know, he's that, that huge conglomerate that sells fuck. Um... <laughs> Let's go with Cormac McCarthy. That sounds like a passage from one of his books. It does sound like a passage from one of his books. But... But Gabriel, give yourself a fart. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was Joyce Carol Oates. Really? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, Joyce Carol Oates is awesome. She's pretty great. She's pretty awesome. She's pretty great. I've been, I have been on Instagram evangelizing uh, Blackwater as always. Hey. As I, can't well even, I can't even read that... that that's repeated sentence without like a hitch coming in my breath. Oh, uh, and then the and then the Blackwater filled, filled her lungs, lungs and, then and she died. died. Or like that. Oh, yeah. it's, I'm gonna it's, get that tattooed on me. That's a good line. That's a great line. We should read blonde. Ah, I'm I'm open to that. You, I you, bet it's great. You might have missed the chance to buy it on a ebook for a two bucks. I'd rather buy a hard copy. Same here, totally. Third, fourth, uh, <laughs> uh, fourth, fourth, fourth quote. If you think about some of the things that are being talked about by thoughtful, intelligent scientists, you realize that in 100 years, the human race won't even be recognizable. We may indeed be part of machine. We may indeed be part machine, and we may have computers implanted. It's more than theoretically possible to implant a chip in the brain that would contain all the information in all the libraries in the world. As people who have talked about this say, it's just a matter of figuring out the wiring. That it's- can't be Faulkner. Okay. Oh, do you want to do your whole spiel? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, it can't be Faulkner. That'd be fucking wild if that was Faulkner. <laughs> well, he died what in the sixties? Um, sixty-two. I'm gonna guess it was like the year after uh, Hemingway died. My God, yeah. that dude saw a computer. Um, is it Cormac McCarthy? Okay. Or George Carroll Oates? Or Josh Carroll Boats? Mm. Um, I'm going to guess that that is Cormac McCarthy. Gabriel, give yourself a thumbs up. Hey, hey, yes, that like, was that, cr- like that sounded paranoid in a way that didn't sound like Joyce to me. There, there's something wonderfully, I won't say nihilistic, but there's something wonderfully nihilistic about him just being like, "Oh yes, in a hundred years we will barely be people." Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, you you should know them, dude. Love science. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's okay. So for, so right now you're two two, two two. That's not bad. I'm a real Desmond. You're a real you're a real Desmond. Oh, Tutu, I get it, yeah. Hey! <laughs> yeah, you wrote, a, you wrote a book thing on him. Yeah, I did. Uh, fifth fifth uh, uh, quote. Okay. <clears throat> Out of seven? Out of seven. All Good. right, all right. I, still, I can still win this. Yeah, you, you, you could. You could get ahead. All right, fifth one. Nothing can destroy the good writer, 
The only thing that can alter the good writer is death. Good ones don't have any time to bother with success or getting rich. Is that Cormac McCarthy, Joyce Carol Oates, or Big Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, boy. That you, could, that you. sounds like it could be any of them. No, you're Southerners. I clearly don't. Um, <laughs> I am going to gamble on that being Big Fuck. You gonna think that's Big Fuck? Yeah, we'll get some Big Fuck. Gabriel, give yourself some points. Yes. Hey. Yeah. That was William Faulkner mm -hmm. talking about writers. Good job. Hey. <clears throat> All right, so number six, second last one. Okay. Homo sapiens is the species that invents symbols in which to invest passion and authority, then forgets that symbols are inventions. Hmm. Is that Cormac? Cormac. Is it Oats? Hey, poppin' Oats. Or is it Big Daddy Fuck? Big Daddy Fuck? <laughs> Big Papa Fuck. Big Papa. Everybody call him Big Fuck. Okay. Um, gosh, that's, that's... I'm going to play the odds game. Okay. Uh, hasn't been J.C.O. in a minute, so let's say J.C.O. Are you going to play the odds like that? Yeah. Gabriel, give yourself some points. Yes, I win. Woo -woo. Oh, sorry, hold on. You win. There's an, there's an ad for a puzzle quest. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, play it. Give, it give him some screen time. Um, there's, a, there's a panda with a top knot, and here we go. Hey. Good job, Gabriel. All Thanks, right. dog. So now you're 4-2. You're I'm 4-2. Hey, good job. That's it. Oh, Fortuna. Gabriel, we'll see how badly you won or how badly you didn't do as well as you should have done. Okay. With this seventh and last one. Okay. All right. Gabriel, your final quote. I don't think I'm morbid by nature. Okay. Serious writers have always written about serious subjects. Lighthearted material doesn't appeal to me, and I don't read it. I think I'm a realist with a realistic sensibility of history and the tragedy of history. Is that mm. Cormac McCarthy, okay. author of Blood Meridian. Yes. Joris Keller Oates, author of Blackwater. Author of Rape, a Love Story. <laughs> author of Rape, a Love Story. Mm -hmm. uh, or William Faulkner, author of fucking Light in August. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it's either Cormac or it's going to be old Joy Joy. Oh man! Bing, bong, 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 bong. I'm gonna say it's Joey Carlos once again. You're gonna say it's Joyce Carlos once I again. I am. Final, final, final guess. Yes, indeed. Hero, give yourself a point. Yeah! Yeah! Hey! I did it. Five two. Not bad. <laughs> Good times. Good time. I did it, Gabriel. That was how you play. Do you? How deep does your south go? How deep is your south? Is your south? How oh. deep is your south? I really need to know, cause we're doing a lit podcast. There's That's the BGs. <laughs> There's also a really great quote that Oates had about uh, Mark Twain about how hard he was because he like like was... his dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. End of uh, end of that. <laughs> end of anecdote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, that was, like, that was really good. I was that was actually, a good time. I'm I surprised. I'm surprised you actually were able to get some of those because uh, clearly I picked ones where it's like, damn, that could yeah, be any of them. them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. So well, real... I, I played like, as they say on one of my favorite shows, the Whip Around. I played the man, not the game. There you go. Good job, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. So 
now that we played that, let's go to break. Okay. We come back. We're going to do final thoughts. Talk about what we're going to read next. Mm-hmm, we're going to roll that die. And roll that die for the next stranded uh, episode we're going to do for Stranded. Oh, also, yeah, we're going to talk about our rules for how to move forward in the Strand 80. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. Boom. Welcome back, dear listener readers. Hey, dudes. Two. Slow readers. Hey! America's Fast Paced Literature Podcast. A good time had by all. Good time had by all. Is that the second? Is that another thing? Yeah. All right. That's fine. That's our second catchphrase. It's fine. That's good. I don't care. I don't care, I don't care about nothing anymore. Ooh, life's it's terrible. I am usual co-host Daniel Gonzalez. Hello, DW. What are you? Hi, folks. I'm Gabe Mara still. Hi, Gabe. Hey. Hi, Gabe. Hi. Featured AV Club audio producer yeah. oh, and shit. author. I forgot about that. Yeah. Guys, that. <laughs> um, so this isn't already a plug, but uh-huh. you know, I did that thing, self-evident, Asian America stories. I told my story in, uh, for a podcast, and my episode got featured on the motherfucking AV Club's Podmas. Mm-hmm. And so I am. Um, I was sky high for a couple of days there because that's um that's pretty amazing to me. If I fucking did it, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. The first of hopefully many nods you're gonna get. Yeah, when I do my eleven questions, or if when I answer is a hot dog a sandwich for the takeout, I'll be like, I was on his website. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, on the takeout. That's like my third favorite website. I would say no. That's not. It's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. Why would it be a sandwich? It's, I mean, it gets into meat between a piece of bread, but like, there is a hot dog and there's a hamburger. Mm-hmm. A hot dog isn't also a hamburger. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, there's open face sandwiches, but you still have to open it with an open face sandwich. It's its own thing. It's not yeah. just a sandwich and like, full stop. Exactly. Do people actually argue that a hot dog is a hamburger? Ah, is a, is a sandwich? Is a sandwich, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't, uh, I think no one has. All Maybe right. few. Who right. knows? Anyways, let's not get sidetracked about food because we're both very hungry. Yes. Gabriel, let's do final thoughts on Gone with Wind. And also, maybe talk about something deeper. In fact, maybe I should probably lead with that. Okay. Um, Because Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Okay, so final thoughts about Gone with the Wind. And it's no... It's no accident that we happen to begin this one about saying it's like, maybe we should have some books that we can veto and kind of reestablish kind of rules about these because... Clearly, I mean, yeah, it would be great if we could actually get through some of these whatnot. And I tried mm-hmm. listening to the audiobook for Gone with the Wind. Yeah. However, I think we were both maybe meeting at the middle of saying it's like, do we have to read the rest of this? Yeah, guys, like, um, we do this show for fun. We don't get paid to do this show. Yeah. So we're, we're not that, what's that show called? The Worst Idea of All Time, period. Yeah. The, the, po- the poll of this show is not masochism. Because and you're entirely allowed to not love a book, and I think we're uh, we're gonna be renegotiating the, the whole rules about the Strand eighty, and I think that we're going to veto this one. And don't get me wrong, there there have been other books that have absolutely kicked our asses that we couldn't get through. Macbeth. Uh, Macbeth. Macbeth. Oh, Macbeth. Hey, I technically wanted to go back to that, but it really supposedly hey, wasn't. Technically, a, I want to go back to this one. Supposedly wasn't going. Supposedly Anywhere. wasn't one of his best ones. Well, we know how it ends. It wasn't. Yeah, Macbeth wins. Does he really? It's great. Yeah, he does. He, Thank he, God. He does very well. Um, so yeah, like, so this one I'm going to veto. And for me, it's not even just like the problematic stuff. Like, yeah. and don't wrong, me and Gabriel, we both, it'll be interesting uh, in the future when like some of the other books on here, it's like how much we kind of, some don't sometimes overlap with like the stuff we like. Yeah. Where it's like, you can appreciate this for the, like the drama of it. Yeah, and the craft. Whereas I will appreciate this more so for like the historical aspect and yeah. the perspective, mm-hmm. 
but like because I feel so much of this is just like this dreamlike fairy tale of of like what the South is and means and whatnot. Well, it get shit gets real hairy for Scarlet. Sure, it's real hairy. It does. No, yeah, and sure, mm-hmm. she she gets she gets accosted by a black man at some point, and the Ku Klux Klan has to rescue her. Isn't that just like I'm? <laughs> I, I started sweating a little bit thinking about it. Like, yeah. oh my god, it is it is that kind of book. Um, not to her old, uh, her big inspiration, uh, uh, what, Mason Dixon, what's his name? Thomas Dixon. Jr. Thomas Dixon Jr. You'd think that you go to school in Boston, you would have more of a understanding, but then again, maybe that's naive of me to assume that. Yeah. You're all, yeah. You're also assuming that like, you know, even like abolitionists were like, yes, everyone deserves a place at the table, which is yeah. they, they, they didn't, they, yeah. let's be honest. I've didn't. always hated that argument that because you're in a city, you're in a bubble. It's like, yeah, my bubble has a lot of shit in it. What's in your bubble, buddy? Yeah, You're not, a... you don't know more than me because you never left your fucking bumpkin town. <laughs> True. Good point. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. So, yeah, that said, I also just wasn't enjoying this book all that much. On it's called own. Brain Drain, everyone. And, uh, yeah, good point. Brain Drain, it happens. Read uh, 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 J.D. Vance's Hillbillyology. Yeah. Um, but no, no, uh, that said, yeah, I was also just wasn't enjoying this for, for like, the story what it was. And yeah. I think this is something... This is, this is actively not your thing, and it's over a thousand pages. Yes, it's so fucking long. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be this. I, three pages in, I'm just like, I'm like, hurry up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hurry up. Nope, Get I to. Could. Get to the thing. I was listening to the audiobook, and at some point I did yell at it, hurry up, because it just it just kept... Ex- you should listen to it in fast motion, fast speed. Yeah, it was also on YouTube, so it also oh, yeah, it also it. sucked. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> it was some... It was, oh, okay. Okay. How, how did the black voices sound? They sound like how they're supposed to sound, whereas I look at this, and I'm like, how am I supposed to read this? Like, where are now? God damn. And, like, Ugh. but the person read it, and, like, they read it in, like, the way that, like... It sounds like a character. It sounds like probably how the character talks in the Gone with the Wind in the movie. Yeah. Whereas, like me, I'm just like, how is this? What? What is this shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh god. So like, and it is. It is also like this old white woman just t- talking super gentle, and she talked like this. And, oh you know. boy. <laughs> it's super fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so is that your? It's also what? What? What are your final thoughts on what you've read on it, Daniel? Uh, again, I do. I do appreciate this as kind of being. Uh, like again, like this fairy tale, this fable, kind of written for someone from this perspective who truly has a uh, a more positive and dreamlike and romantic kind of notion about what the South was, her mm-hmm. history and her 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 country, you know, the Confederacy and all that stuff. She and knew it's, what she was talking about, even if it was in her own limited world. Yeah, and it's super interesting for that perspective. Like, mm-hmm. but it's not. Eh, but yeah, but like I'm like yeah, it is. But there's no reality dawning on this there's no sense where at any point mitchell like has doubts about this being rom- like a romantic kind of like idyllic version of like of, of a plantation life sure. you know or what it was yeah or whatnot so there's no sense of that and that f- bothers me like hell yeah no i know yeah so um so that said it's like yeah i just wasn't enjoying this straight off the bat also um Gabriel, we talked about this before uh, when we were t- when we were reading the thing. Is like I read the intro, I got so far, I'm like, I shouldn't read this. This is this is the worst kind of mindset you want to go into reading this. Yeah, it was it it uh, like I was thinking, they publishing this book, they knew they could do one of two things. Mm-hmm. Either they could make excuses for it, which I would have appreciated. I would have appreciated a a thoughtful understanding of why this type of language was used, of why this kind of inflammatory kind of depictions are used mm-hmm. or they can just double down and just really sell it to the people who are going to buy it. And that's going to be the people who are like, that's right. 
this was a lost cause, and yeah. we deserve better. Yeah, and and, this, and you know, I, I, I honestly kind of want like a right to the company, but that's a dumb idea to just be like, <laughs> excuse hey, me, sirs, do you know that this is offensive? <laughs> hi, do you have a white version of this book, like a northerner one? Because I'd like that one, please. <laughs> If only this was written for white people in the yeah. north. Yes. Um. <laughs> and I, 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 it, it, it bummed me out. Like, I, I was excited to read this, and I saw the introduction, and it brought me way down. I would have read more of it faster if it hadn't been for the introduction. I think we would have gotten a fuck little you, bit. Fuck you, Pat Conroy. It would have gotten a little bit. Far, we probably it would have been like Black oh, Lives Matter. You fuck. This isn't that bad. And then like Manny comes in being like, Oh, that we don't. Yeah. You're just like, you're like what the fuck? Yeah. It's what I was worried Lee would be. Instead, yeah. Lee turns out to be one of the most nuanced, brilliant characters in all of literature. I, I'm wondering if someone, if, like, characters... Honestly, it makes me wonder if, like, how many books are written kind of in response to this. Like, mm-hmm. if, like, Lee was kind of, like, a a kind of, like... It's, like, like Steinbeck's reading this and it's just, like, ugh. Like, I oh, hope man. so. You know, like, let me show you, like, the humanity behind this kind of, you know, yeah. or whatnot. And... Yeah, but uh, I'm sorry, Gabe. We kind of, want a little bit final thoughts for you about this, and also like how like your kind of feelings about kind of passing on this. Mm-hmm. Are you all for it? Like, would you have actually wanted to go back? Because it's kind of like me kind of driving this a little bit. No, it's it's this book is huge, and I only got so far, and I have a lot to do. <laughs> so it, it's not it doesn't pain me at all to to veto this one. Um, I am enjoying the book. I am enjoying reading it. There is just enough of it that I like. I love romance. I love big stories. I love uh, the sweeping, epic romance stories. And it's it's. I understand that's not your thing at all, and I think that's fine, especially the fact that, like, knowing the end of this, it's even better that it has a, a positive, dark ending, that Scarlet is a flawed heroine. I think Scarlet O'Hara is a great heroine. I think she's fascinating. I think she is driven. She is petty she's she's a, she's some of the best like 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 she's like like elizabeth bennett just a great character mm-hmm. that being said it doesn't overlook any of the problematic stuff the problematic stuff is so hard to swallow that like, i i would love mm-hmm. to meet a, an academic that i respect who can tell me why this is even remotely okay or if this is just a history lesson because if it's just a history lesson, that this is how they thought it becomes a meta text on Margaret Mitchell, that this is how she and even the talented, brilliant, educated, northern, northern educated southerners depicted life, then that becomes an entirely different look at it. Yeah. It becomes an analysis and a history lesson rather than me enjoying reading this romance. Yeah, and as you said, like, is like, is there is there a way to like be like like uh 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 subtly and also like unknowingly kind of race and it's like well yeah look at this yeah like and, and like look i'll also um for for our, our our work and whatnot is like i read recently uh robert caro's uh story uh, book uh, working, working yeah and he has many interesting anecdotes about like race is one of interesting things and how like interviewing and this is crazy interviewing a dying uh, a southern governor in like the year 2000 in the year 2000 mm-hmm. and how this guy is openly like 100 percent believes that the white race is master and the black race is servant like and it's it's he said like he arrives at like the estate and it is like this gorgeous like white pillared like southern like old plantation and a black man service says like the governor will see you in this in the, the library and he's like jesus christ this is something right out of gone with the wind how much minimum education do you need to have to understand that 
we're all human beings, and there's no inherent superiority. The, I, yeah, the, I, 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 there are many think? educated racists out there. Yeah, but but they know they're racist. But they know they're racist. If you if you were educated and you know you're racist, how much worse is that, or is that better? I don't understand the where whole do, mindset. Where do you think Mitchell falls in that? Do you think? She, do you honestly think that she's dumb, or that she kind of knows, or she, she truly in, believes in, her, in white supremacy? In her time and in yeah. her community, I don't think she believes in white supremacy in an active capital W capital S kind of way. Mm. Is that oh these are her servants and she loves them. She loves them like they're her dogs. Except they're not dogs. They're people mm-hmm. and i think if you if you accused her of that she'd be like of course i know they're people like, like why do you own them it's like well that's how it always was yeah like i think it's it, she's a product of a time that if she was around now in a i guess it would be too weird to maintain that kind of mindset unless you're an active racist so yeah. <laughs> i would not say that margaret mitchell is a cruel racist she is a product of her time and this book is definitely a product of the time, even as it is an engrossing romance, like epic romance. Yeah. It doesn't make it okay. So, Margaret, you had some peg. You had some interesting perspectives that me and Gabriel do not belong to, and this is all very new to us. Mm-hmm. As we said before, like reading is this great kind of sense of you can read someone else's perspectives and mindset. Yeah, um, I understand. Understand cons- like um, military conservatives better because I read Starship Troopers. Yeah, like it's. There are interesting points. <laughs> Starship Troopers, which pissed me off more than this book. Yeah, no, book. like that made, that book made you really angry. Um, and and like so, yeah, like it does that. And sure enough, Gabriel, you appreciated the the romance and the melodrama yeah. and the and the characters. But we're gonna sh- throw you in the fucking wastebasket. So that's one veto out of five in our strand eighty list. So we got four more we can we use. Four more we can bail on. And let's not. Although Gabriel, I do recommend. Yeah, if you yo, if you actually go back to reading Gone with Wind, let's talk about it in the future. Sure, episode. Uh, it's gonna stay on my bedside. I'm very engrossed in the story. Maybe at some point, Mammy goes. Like, listen, I only talk like this because it's how they want. I'm actually very educated. Hey, if, if she pulls a lead, then cool, dude. <laughs> I, I don't think that's so. But yeah, like, but uh, still, if that's the case, maybe if, the, if we're maybe wrong. the Ku Klux Klan is very likable. Oh, God. <laughs> Listeners, if you are a defender of this book, if you have a if you have something to talk to us about it, we would love to hear from you. Write yeah. into us. Email us. What's our email address, Daniel? Our email. We don't really have any emails, to be honest with you. Oh, well, in that case. Technically, have the sex and violence email. That actually oh, would be the best true. thing to do. Well, actually, one second. If you want, and this is kind of a strange thing to do, uh, uh, email at us at sexandviolencepod mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll get to you. Or um, you message us on Instagram at Slow Readers or at Read.Richards. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or on Twitter at Top Gallant Radio. Yeah. Uh, any one of us, uh, let us know how you feel. If you completely disagree, if you find us frustrating, yeah, let us know. We want to hear about it, bros. Mm-hmm. Bros. Briggs. Okay. Gabriel. Right, cool. So fuck her. Let's talk about. Let's. We're gonna. It's time for us to uh, to re-roll the die. Yes. And talk about what we're gonna read next. Okay, dude. From the Strand eighty list. Let me bring up the list. Because, yeah, so I'm yes. very excited. We so haven't done this in a long time. We haven't done this in a while. We've this, been, like, caught up. This is the only fun thing about the whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's see here. Okay. This, this is very exciting to me. Okay. Okay. So I have the list up. Gabriel, roll the die. Okay. Here, let me push it down this canyon, and over it lands. That's it. I'll do it. Okay. Okay, ready? Fly <laughs> poop. 51. 51. Oh. Oh. The unbearable lightness of being. Oh, really? Yeah. That is one of my pretentious uh, 
19-year-old favorite books ever. Mm-hmm. It is short. It is fascinating. Uh-huh. And I have not reread it since a terrible ex-girlfriend took my copy and threw it in a puddle and jumped on it because she was mad at me. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she was not very nice to me. I tell you what, I'm a little bummed out. It uh, That was right be- in between Invisible Man, the Ellison novel, and also Bell Jar, which is a book that I really wish... Oh, I love I, Bell I Jar. really wish I want, we, we could be reading. Bell Jar's but, great. But no, we're reading Unbearable Lightness of Bing. I think you'll like it. It's a very, very interesting book. Written by who? Milan Kundera. Yeah, him. Okay. It's a Czech writer. Czech? Czech. 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 Slovakian. Czech. Right. Yeah. Okay, so next time, a bearable light is a bean. Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. Like, oh, so, so we're not necessarily going to read that next time. What are we going to read next time, Gabriel? I believe we're continuing our breather series mm-hmm. in the sense that we're going to be doing another short story. Mm-hmm. We're alternating selections. We're not sticking with any one short story collection unless we really want to, in case there's not, we're not committed to it. Yeah. We will be doing George Saunders' My Chivalric Fiasco out of 10th of December. Chivalric. Chivalric. Okay. Chivalric. 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 Um, as I've told before, the story before on this very show, me and friend of the show, Tashai Gonzalez, went to go see George Saunders speak with Carrie Brownstein, who was also there and was hmm. awesome. Okay. And B.D. Wong of, was he in Law and Order or CSI? But awesome know. Asian okay. actor B.D. Wong <laughs> okay. performed it with all the nuance of the story. I think I've told you about it, Daniel, the premise. Uh, no, rough, roughly, but yeah. But yeah. all let's save it. It's, it's great, and I can't wait for you to read it. Okay, and I'm very looking forward to it. I know I also really like George Saunders. I've read a few of his stories as well, including his novel. Yeah, we did that for the show. We did that for the, the show. young ladies at uh, Only Lovers Left in the Library. Lincoln the Bardot. And I really like Lincoln the Bardot. At the, uh, at the Bardot. Mm-hmm. In the Bardot? At the Bardot. Bardot. In the Bardot? In the Bardot. In the Bardot, okay. Um, so yeah, I can't wait for that. But in the meantime... Let's fucking not talk about it anymore. Gabriel, plug. Hey. Um, ladies and gentlemen, once again, check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories wherever you find your podcasts. I am very proud of my episode, episode three, the talk we were supposed to have. AV Club liked it, which is fucking amazing. Mm. Um, it's 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 a very personal story I made, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's it's if you're not even Asian American, and if you are Asian American, and you want to share your story, um, please contact the producers at Self-Evident. They're amazing. They want to work with you. They want to hear your story. Um, besides that, follow me on Instagram at read.richards. Come at me, bros. And if you comment and if you subscribe, actually, fucking just ask me. I will send you one of our amazing new Joyce Carol Oats stickers. They are a joy. Mm, yes. Good Daniel. Time. Yes. You can follow me on on Instagram at readers, on Twitter at Top Gun Radio. Oh, we didn't do Hazy Memories. Oh, fuck. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel, your what's your Hazy Memory? <laughs> um... Well, we barely finished it, so don't worry about it. But, okay. Um, a, a, a short little plug. Happy birthday to Sean Hayes of the Whip Around Podcast. Sean, happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Let's not. Okay. <laughs> Get your mouth close to the goddamn mic. Look how close I, I on, am. I keep on yelling. That's a thing. Well, yeah, but look how close I am. I'm well, yelling. I'm screaming into this. That's true. So, um, uh, Sean, if you're listening... Once I remember what your address is, I'm sure it's somewhere. Um, we it's are sending two... you a birthday gift. His address is 420 Boogie Woogie Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> it's a party. Yeah. Well, yeah, Sean will be sending you a gift soon. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday, Jonathan Hayes of the Whip Around. And give them the best gift of all. Listen to the Whip Around podcast. They come out every Wednesday, Whip Around Wednesdays. Whip Around is one word. It is not the Fox show. Give mm-hmm. us some stars and some reviews. 
They're a great time for all your weird news needs. Rate and review them and tell them we sent you. And rate and review us, Rate and review dude. us. Slow Come readers on, on, inst- on Instagram. What Slow readers on iTunes. On iTunes. Spotify. All the other things. Do it. Do it. And also buy my fiction uh, on Amazon right now. You can buy an ebook and paperback. A Cook in the Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And also The Shadow from the Deep. Shadow from the Deep. You buy them right now. You get them. And you review them. You give me all the stars. Do it. Do it. That's uh, That's the end of the show. Cool. Gabriel. Shut the shit down. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. This has been a Top Gout Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topgoutradio.com. 